take two. We got Ashmere fit in a Kona doing homework, getting ready to film some behind the scenes footage. Mm. Tommy slipped off his diet over the week and week uh, last weekend. Yeah. Anyway, hope your wife isn't listening. So she knows that you're off your diet. Oh, she knows. All right. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Chop Heads MMA Podcast. I got my boy Tommy D sitting to my right. Yeah. We got the new studio. Um, I know we keep saying that, but it's in the same place. It's just a bigger room. Feeling a lot better. It's nice and cool in here. It's not stuffy. I don't got to hear Tommy breathing down my neck. Thank you. Yes. I mean, I could still hear him breathing. He's a heavy-duty mouth breather, but can't win them all, you know? He's still he's still my buddy, but Tommy... Last week's episode, we had um, we had a lot to talk about when it came to the pride rules and what pride rules mean to us. And we actually were talking about the one FC event that was taking place that day, I believe, the day that we were recording, and and actually giving the day after the day after. Either way, I can't with the time zones in, mm-hmm. in the one FC. But either way, the timing of our of our topic, and then the next day, the arguably one of the goats gets knocked out with a knee. While he was down. Yep. Yeah, you you just can't ask for a better timing than that. But as you've noticed these past couple weeks between, you know, the, the two fight book podcasts plus the one that we have here, all these things are just starting to come to fruition, like we said with the Dominic Cruz fight and all that stuff. And as we're sitting there, we're talking about, you know, knees to a grounded opponent. We talked about Aljamain Sterling and the, the United States governing body as opposed to the overseas governing body, the the complete differences, and you don't want to be on your knees in front of an opponent and when you're on the overseas governing body because basically everything is legal except groin strikes, eye gouges, you know, purple nurples. You can't do any of that stuff. But you can kick somebody in the fucking face. <laughs> Ashley, when on Ashley's knees. back there laughing at the purple nurple. <laughs> Good job, Tommy. There you go. But, I mean, it's interesting because one of the things that I, I hang my hat on is when I hear a guy like Mighty Mouse back something that I say. You know, I, I, yeah. I agree with the rule set overseas, and Mighty Mouse does as well. And he, when Aljamain lost, Mighty Mouse wasn't completely outspoken because he understands the rules. But he wasn't outspoken against Sterling himself, but more so the rule set in the United States. And... Even Dana's against it. I, I don't. I don't give Uncle Dana. Credit yeah, look, for it's a not lot. the UFC. It's not. It's not Bellator for that matter. It's not PFL. It's not. It's the governing bodies, which means the athletic commissions. Essentially, they won't sanction fights. And really, this is archaic, based off of the fact that when it got banned, it was just not really understood by by the government. Well, they're also saying government. it's not marketable and things. And like now that. we're on ESPN. I mean, how much more marketable could the UFC be at this point? I mean, I don't know. You see, here's the problem. MMA is such a, even though you think over 20 years, like you don't think it's that, it's still a young sport. So we don't know what the after effects are with a lot of this stuff, right? Like you look at Gary Goodridge, you know, he's forgotten half of Of course, of course. But when we're talking about, are you talking about trauma? Yeah. Yeah. So they're looking at, and this was, if you listen to Joe Rogan and John McCarthy, he talked about it. They base a lot of this stuff off of what people saw, like, in, uh, like, karate, uh, like, tests. Yeah. You know, somebody breaking a brick 
with their elbow. That's why there's no 12 to 6 elbows allowed. Uh, you know, and I guess they're looking at... Yeah, John yeah, Jones knows all about that. Yeah, right? so does Matt Hamill. He heard for the yeah. first time in his life. <laughs> um, so when you're thinking about knees to a downed opponent or soccer kicks to a downed opponent, I guess they consider that a, a defenseless fighter. No, it's called a stalling tactic. Yeah. And like I said, Demetrius Johnson was outspoken against the rule, and I find it ironic that he then lost via knee strike or strike when he, when he was down. But the, the fact is he got dropped mm-hmm. and he was on his way up. And I, I'm going to read a statement or part, part of a statement that Demetrius made after the fight. He goes like this. I like these rules. Johnson said in a post for, all right, I'm going to skip that. Like I said, it's a progression of a fight. I went down on my back. I was coming up for an underhook. Adriano had me posted and he blasted a knee. The fight's over. It's done. I don't got to get any more concussions. It's just done. And it was a different position than I've been in. Antonio did a good job using his length. He fully extended me and landed the knee. Yeah, absolutely, I still support the rule. Like I said, it ended the fight. I wasn't stalling one bit. I was trying to get up, blah, blah, blah. You get the point, mm-hmm. right? So Demetrius, even though he lost via knee, he understands. Look, he got dropped with a shot. He was trying to scramble to get back to his feet. The guy used his length, posted. He got blasted with a knee. End of, dis- end of discussion. Yeah. And I like what he said because... You know, you were just touching on the the trauma and the CTE aspect of things and the Gary Goodridge thing. Now, what he's saying is one you know one knee done. You don't got to stand up and take more punishment. I don't know if I agree with that. I mean, there's something to be said for the fact that like it's one and done. It's over. Yeah, but that knee strike isn't what ended it. He got kneed and then he got punched a few times and then that's how it ended. So he did. So maybe he just doesn't remember and he was. He might more, not. More concussions. Know. But what, what I got to say is timeout. Ashley, great job with the hooked on phonics with Chris because he read that beautifully. Tommy, Pennsylvania Avenue School 27 spelling bee champion. <laughs> Eight years running, bro. I'll challenge any elementary school kid at PS27 in Colonia. <laughs> right? Do they do that now? In, in, uh... <laughs> but Pennsylvania Avenue School 27, shout out to anybody that, I'm sure there's some Colonia listeners, the OG shit, little LFLC. If, if you guys all know Dick Donovan, he's still calling balls and strikes out there on Sobin and Donnelly. But anyway, we'll keep it moving. <laughs> <laughs> Got to give my plug to my little league. But um, yeah. So I'm I I love the one FC. I would love to see the UFC take on these rules. They never will. But keeping it in the one FC briefly, um, there was a little more controversy, and of course, it, it's surrounding MMA rules. And in this case, you know, I know we're talking about how one FC just is like no holds barred fighting, and everything is allowed. But there is one thing that is consistent with the United States in that. They do not allow strikes to the back of the head. No rabbit punching. No rabbit punching. Rabbit? Rabbit. 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 Peter rabbit. Cottontail, yeah, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, Like, rabbit punching. Anyway, so, Eddie Alvarez took an L um, because he got... I didn't see the fight, so, Tommy, you could, you could enlighten the people. <clears throat> so, Eddie Alvarez had his opponent. Uh, they were on the ground, and... And he was throwing punches, and his opponent kept turning his head. And in turning his head, Eddie was hitting him in the back of the head. Now, it wasn't intentional. And the referee didn't give any warnings. He just stopped the fight. Stopped the fight, gave Eddie Alvarez uh, a disqualification, and See, that's that's wrong. I'm glad I didn't start to fake like I knew what I was talking about because I, 
I, uh, yeah, was, I honestly thought that Eddie Alvarez was was knocked out, and his team was saying that no, I was getting hit in the back of the head, and I was like, "Come on, Eddie, you could do better." Yeah, no. So no. now I feel better about it, and I'm not yeah, going to no, talk. I mean, it, I'm not going to talk the shit that I was he, just uh, about to talk about Eddie Alvarez. He he's petitioning the loss. He wants it overturned. I don't think it gets overturned. Um, but that referee, I think, needs a little bit of a crash course in the job. Yeah, and the rule set. I mean, they all do. You would think by now that some of these retired fighters would be trying to do this. I know Ricardo Almeida is one guy he's that a judge. He's a judge, which is important. That's almost just as important. Chris Lieben refs. Uh, he refed during the uh, the Golden Boy promotion with uh, when they. Wheeled Chuck Liddell out there yeah, to yeah. give Tito Ortiz <laughs> that was, a win. That was unbelievably horrible experience yeah. for me. <laughs> it was. I'm glad I didn't pay for it. Um, but anyway, yeah, so we're going to keep it with our boy Eddie, right? And you're saying that he's trying to get the fight petition overturned, but we just segued that twice, talking about Eddie and then Golden Boy Promotions with Oscar De La Hoya. Yeah. That's how you know you're in the pocket. Yeah. Like Aaron Rodgers throwing an interception in the pocket. Come on, Aaron Rodgers doesn't throw interceptions <laughs> in the pocket, dude. Come on now. At least keep it consistent, Tommy. We all know that's bullshit. So anyway, yeah, um, Eddie Alvarez, they're in talks, supposedly. His team For is in July. talks. Um, July is a big month coming up, huh? So Eddie Alvarez is in, fi- is in talks to fight with, are you ready, guys? Oscar De La Hoya against Eddie Alvarez in a boxing match. Now, this is kind of where I think Eddie's head should be at. Yeah, he's, you know, make the money. Exactly. Make the money and beat the shit out of that weirdo for everybody. I, I don't think it's going to happen. I really don't think it's going to happen. I don't see how it could happen uh, and why De La Hoya would even want it to happen. He's been retired for how long now? I think De La Hoya is broke. And when I say broke, I mean De La Hoya's got a mansion. He's got money. But when you live the way these guys live, uh, broke is different. You know, oh well, he lost a shit ton of money uh, promoting that Chuck Liddell Tito Ortiz fight. And what about the whole bullshit that just went down with Canelo? I know Golden Boy is going through it a little bit. I know Ryan Garcia is having problems with his promoter being Golden Boy. Um, he's he's coming out and talking shit, saying De La Hoya is spending too much time promoting himself. I'm the fighter. I'm the star. And and honestly, I'm not a King Ryan fan. I really don't like Ryan Garcia, but he has a fucking great point here. In my opinion, he does, but you also have to think of the alpha male aspect of it, right? Like Bob Arum's a promoter. Bob Arum has done nothing in his life except promote. It's not like Bob Arum was, you know, this big, huge boxing champion, and and he didn't have the the resume that uh, De La Hoya has. So De La Hoya still got that. You know, look, cocaine's a hell of a drug, and he still got that alpha male mentality going on and he still wants it to be all about him because why not right like they're they're watching golden boy promotions because it's oscar de la hoya putting it on you're just lucky enough that i'm gracing you with the ability to fight on my cards i understand that um i just still agree with garcia that oh absolutely you got a, you got a young budding superstar you should put fucking everything that you have into that guy even though he's a bitch Point blank. Garcia is a bitch to me. I hope he gets knocked out by someone, but he's really good. So it might be one of those guys that I just have to just continuously hate on and hope he loses, but he doesn't. Got a lot of those it's in my a, life. It's a, it's a tough life. Yeah. It's um, a very tough life. So, yeah, man. 
You want my prediction on the fight? Yeah. I don't think it happens. Exactly. <laughs> Speaking of fights that we don't think are going to happen, Tommy, you mentioned something to me earlier that I found interesting. Another prediction of ours that, that might be coming true and then untrue and then true again and then untrue again. You get where I'm going with this? Yeah. Uh, so if you go on UFC.com for the UFC, what is that, 264, the one that's in, in July? Yeah. You know, they're gonna. it's going to be open to the fans, 20,000 uh, seat capacity. Nate Diaz and Leon Rocky Edwards are not on the UFC webpage. Very, very strange. It's on ESPN Plus, but it's not on the UFC page. So, was it up on the UFC page at one point? It mm-hmm. was. So, clearly, that fight's in the. I wouldn't say it's done, but it's looking like we might hear something soon saying that Nate Diaz isn't playing ball. I would guarantee that's where it's at. Well, I mean, we called it uh, because we yeah. said that Leon Edwards is too low of a name. It's not. A name that, I him. think that he's a talented guy. I honestly think that he's got. If he could keep the fight standing, he would probably he pick. could finger with the best of them. But he's yeah. But he's not gonna. Um, but he's not gonna beat Nate on the ground by any stretch. I just think he hits really hard, and he has a chance to cut Nate up early and see a little bit of what we see with Nate and Nick with the cuts. Um, speaking of Nate and cuts, you see what's going on with Masvidal talking a lot of shit now. Yeah, saying that's going to definitely happen. Uh, the only reason why it hasn't, maybe it's on Nate's side, and then he managed to play Nate out and said, I broke his fucking face, uh, you know, how Masvidal does his thing. Yeah, there's a lot more going on on Twitter than there actually is going on in the cage. Um, it makes it interesting, but when nothing's coming to fruition, it's just stupid. Yeah. It's just stupid. And, it, you know, it, it's getting so monotonous at this point, and... These aren't guys that need to sell themselves anymore. Masvidal does not need to sell himself anymore. Um, Nate Diaz does not need to sell himself anymore. They're recognizable names enough that all you have to do is just hear that they're being put on the card with a decent enough opponent, and it's going to get pay-per-view buys. Um, so the whole Twitter shit, it it's just getting annoying, and... I don't want to segue into what we're about see to talk yeah, about. Like as you're talking about Twitter, I'm pulling up all my Twitter shit. Yeah, so I, can, I see. I see where we're going with it. And when we open up into the uh, into the next segment, we're going to be talking about the the Twitter war that that's got everybody all ablaze right now. Absolutely. So we're going to go to break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about the Conor McGregor, Dustin Poirier Twitter beef. Conor stiffed him. They're fighting again in July, full house. We're talking about it when we come back. Health and Fitness Professionals is your one-stop shop for all things sports medicine. They now have four locations in Woodbridge, Scotch Plains, South Plainfield, and Freehold, New Jersey. They're now offering physical therapy, occupational therapy, pain management, chiropractic services, acupuncture, cryotherapy, you name it, they do it. I can't say enough about their chiropractors on site. I get adjusted literally three times a week to get my old 35-year-old self feeling as best as possible. Contact them today. Check out their website, www.hfrehab.com for more info. Hey guys, Sturch here from the Chop Sports Podcast, and I want to tell you a little bit about Sunflower Meadow Seasoning. First of all, a guy my size likes flavor on his food, and there's nobody other than Jess that I go to for that. Her flavors range from French onion, BLT, Cajun country, so much more. They got dip blends, season shakers, smoothie mixes. Not even kidding, I've added some of their smoothie mixes to my post-workout protein shakes, and my goodness, what a difference. Get on over to sunflowermeadowseasoning.com for 
their entire list of products. Tell them Chop Sports sent you. My goodness. And we're back. All right, guys. So, like I said before break, we're about to talk about the Conor McGregor Dustin Poirier um, trilogy, I guess you could say. But we're not we're going to we're not really here to talk about the fight because we have plenty of time to talk about the fight. Um, going to talk a little bit about, like I said, the Twitter beef that's going on and how Conor made a prediction. Conor, nice Conor is gone now, as Conor said. So nice Conor is gone. So I guess we get to deal with drunk Conor. Or mm. crazy Connor, but either way, I'm glad nice cocaine Connor. Connor. I'm glad nice Connor is gone. So what we got going on here? Connor McGregor predicts. I guess what I don't even know. He said second round knockout, whatever. Head's gonna clatter off the canvas, clean off, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So Dustin then tweets out, "That's a fun prediction. You also predicted a donation to my foundation, and you and your teams, you and your team, stop responding after the fight in January. See you soon, July 10th, paid in full." All right. So Connor comes back a donation, not a debt. We've been awaiting the plans for the money that never came. I do all with my donations. I don't even know what the, Connor can't fucking spell or, or, or basically what what uh, yeah. McGillicuddy was saying is he's got a separate <laughs> fund that he uses for um, charities and donations, probably because of tax reasons. So Tommy made the whole phonics joke, and then now I can't read. Well, so, not everybody can read in Gaelic. Yeah, valid point. <laughs> Way to bail me out, buddy. All right. So anyway, the the meat and potatoes of the whole thing is this following. I love tweet. how you said meat and potatoes. I know you like that, Irishman. right? The You're whole good. Irish thing. All right. You're ripped, you inbred hillbilly. <laughs> Why do you think with your ears, you fucking brain dead hillbilly? Five hundred K with no plan in place? Yay. <laughs> Hang tight. See, that's Gaelic. Fool. <laughs> you must be new to money. The fight is off, by the way. I'm going to fight someone else on the 10th. Good luck on your old contract, kid. Um, so obviously they're still going to fight. But Dustin then came out and p- took the high road and just said, I wish I never went public with that. I'm glad he went public with it. I'm glad he went public with it, too, because he's a welcher. Yeah. Uh, I love Connor, And I, I, I don't really don't give a fuck about Dustin's charity. I just want to see these two not like each other for this fight. I agree. I'm Look, not, I wasn't. I wasn't good. I wasn't happy with uh, if yachting. You're, if you're stiff in a charity, that's that's pretty lowbrow. Like that's a rod. Like lowbrow. I love a rod. So we're good. <laughs> Connor, me and you are good on that. Um, just knock Dustin out, and everyone will forgive you. I could promise you that. But Dustin's predicting a. Um, Dustin's coach is predicting a submission. We're not like I said. We're not going to get into the uh, the whole thing. But the the good part about this is that, like we were saying, they absolutely don't like each other again, no. and. Keeping it in the Twitter or the, you know, I guess this wasn't on Twitter. This is Cormier quoted from the Ariel Hawani show thinking, I think all that niceness is done and you're going to start to see two guys that you want. All right. Here's Cormier on the Ariel Hawani show. I think all that niceness is done and you're going to start to see two guys that you want that from. In the trilogy, you want a little bit of bad blood. Now, that's Cormier's corny way of saying like the same thing I said. These dudes need to fucking hate each other so we could see Connor come in motivated, not on a yacht, not talking about charity, talking about taking someone's clean head clean off, like like the Connor we all want to see. I still think you see the same Connor that you've you've been seeing. Yeah, I wonder uh, if I wonder if not nice Connor somehow has a gas tank. I just I just you think know? that mystique is worn off because he was not nice Connor against Khabib and you woo. you noticed the growth here, Tommy. Do you remember how I used to be about Connor? Oh, I was God. almost the same you, way, but you know, I'm a, I'm a realist, man. I call things the way I see it. 
You I, used to think he could walk on water. And I still think that he has the capabilities to be that fighter again one day, but not when you're sitting on 200 mil or whatever his bank account's like. No, because he, he doesn't want to get out of those silk sheets in the morning. Yeah. You got to go running in the morning, Connor. Cardio doesn't just happen. He's used to running, but it's usually against like paternity tests and uh, rape allegations. That's what he's used to running away from. Wow. Wow. I mean, I can't deny. I can't say you're wrong. Um, I'm sure that's as soon as July rolls around, you're going to start to hear more about those. Oh, absolutely. There's going to be more cases. Yeah, that's how things work, though. So I I question the validity of some of them. But at the same time, Connor's a fucking lunatic. So, well, what's going to happen is it's going to be Connor and Deshaun Watson walking to a butt, right? Whoa, you started that before, but it was a Penn, two Penn State coaches. Tommy, you're bringing the zingers today. Why not? I mean, not bad. I don't have to edit these like I had to edit eight fucking Caitlyn Jenner jokes last week. But well, maybe I'll edit that out. Maybe I won't. Um, so I don't want to make a prediction. I'm just excited that these two are fully announced, actually announced, and the exciting. Yeah, but we don't know if it's really happening. Yeah, we don't know if it's happening, but all all signs point towards this fight happening at some point. And the reason why I say this is going to happen. Two reasons. One, who who's either guy going to fight if they don't? You know, Connor could talk all the shit he wants. The the you you want to say Connor and Nate's a great fight? The money fight for Connor now is is Poye, not Nate. It has to be. Right? There's been too much built into this. Exactly, and the timing of it, and the fact that Poye basically held out on the title shot or whatever the fuck you want to call that whole thing was for the Connor fight. And here's the real reason why this fight happens, and Dana White does everything in his power to make this fight happen. Do I have to tell you, or do you know? What, the amount of money that this is probably going to generate because there's going to be fans and everything? Because, yes, full capacity in Vegas. Now, if, if Dana was smart, he'd double down on that and do John Jones and uh, Francis Ngannou on that card. Um, John Jones doesn't want to fight yet. And, and frankly, I think... I saw something where the UFC was looking to book John, um, not John, Derek Lewis against Ngannou in June, and Ngannou said that's too early. So he wants some time, which I understand. Yeah, July's one month later. But just think about the amount of money that the heavyweight championship would bring to you have this fighter in there, right? But what do you do, though? I I, I just, no. There's two, they're two important. Well, I mean, it would only work with John Jones. Who's the under? Who's the co-main? Who's the main? You got to give John Jones and, and Ngannou the main event. You're not going to get Conor McGregor to co-main. You pay him enough, you will. You pay Conor McGregor enough, he will like you know lather himself in green jello and you know river dance and, across and the, the studio fact for that you. Maybe you're onto something though, because the Conor McGregor and Dustin Poirier fight is not a title fight. No. Right? So the only way that they would be able to make that a five-round fight is because of the Nate Diaz and Leon Edwards co-main being a five-round fight. So now mm-hmm. they set the precedent, and now they're able to do that here. The only way that that works is if the only bigger fight we could make this a co-main would be John Jones against Francis Ngannou. So maybe, I hope you're right, because that shit would be just, that's International Fight Week? Yeah. Oh, so you know what I mean? Like that's where you want to make that money because you have the Hall of Fame ceremony, and you know I'm sure Bellator is going to put on the best whatever they can put on. Um, maybe even PFL is going to do something that same weekend. Like people are going to be up on their A game, and I'm sorry, 
Conor McGregor, Dustin Poirier, yeah, the, the trilogy's a great fight. And yeah, it'll ge- generate a lot of money. But if you just want the most bang for your buck, that's how John Jones can make the money that, I mean, he's not going to make $50 million. Just get that out of your head, John Jones. If anybody was going to make that, it would have been Conor at one point. John Jones said that he, want, he won't fight in Ghana until he's as big as him or bigger. So, so and he's never going to fight him. So give him, yeah, so <laughs> then just not, give him another heavyweight fight. Yeah. Card him out there. As long as John Jones is on the card at heavyweight. Let me see. Let with, me see John Jones Stipe first. And then Derek Lewis against Ngannou. Give me that. I'm down with that. Right? I'd be fine with that, too. But, I, you know, you do that for International Fight Week. That's just like printing money to, I mean, Dana will be in more cocaine than, uh, than De La Hoya. Than De La Hoya, you know? <laughs> nice. Um, one last thing about the UFC I wanted to touch on. Our boy, the sh- 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 Sugar Show. The Sugar Show. I actually just ordered some merch. The, um, the Sugarland t-shirt. Undefeated, yeah. Another right hand from Sugarland. I wanted to talk about this because we had talked shit, or you did more so than I did, about Sean O'Malley um, in the first round of his last fight against Almeida, dropping Almeida and then not finishing him off. Mm -hmm. Right? I watched uh, the O'Malley interview on the Pat McAfee show. He said he dropped him with a left hand, and in his head, going into the fight, he knew he wanted to finish the fight with a right hand. So he he dropped him with the left, and then he backed off. And then Pat McAfee's like, why would you back off? Why, why would you have that in your head? And he's like, oh, dude, I already had the shirts printed. Another right hand from Sugarland. So he was like, I, I didn't want to go put these shirts on sale the day after knocking him out with a left. So he's like, I waited. And man, oh, man, did he drop that right hand from Sugarland? Yeah, but now the, the reverse to that could have been, what if when Almeida got up, he knocked fucking Sugarland out? Now I, I understand. Now you just have all those shirts for absolutely nothing. Yeah, I understand. And I mean even like more like the Prime even, Rules MMA shirts. Even more so, even more so. He he um even more so he had the shirt says undefeated on it. So if he would have lost, then it would have really been double it, it wouldn't even have worked if he like kept him on deck for the next time he knocked but someone he's still out with the not right undefeated. Hand. I know, but that's the whole point. Yeah. Which yo, we're we're doing great with our fucking segues today <laughs> because the real reason why I brought up O'Malley was because we got our boy Cheeto Vera talking a lot of uh, smack about him. Rightfully so. They, they have great reason to not like each other. Uh, as everybody knows, Sean O'Malley lost because he got kicked in his leg and he blamed it on dead leg and it's not really a real loss, even though it is. So now Marlon Cheeto Vera is coming off of a loss. Mm-hmm. Before that fight to Jose Aldo, he said he would never give O'Malley a rematch. He doesn't deserve it. Blah, 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 blah. Right? After losing to Jose Aldo, he switches his tune on that, and he's saying, oh, I was offered the fight, I signed the deal, and O'Malley turned it down. What do you, th- what do you think about that? You think, you think Vera has a point, or do you think O'Malley's right for not fighting him now? Um, I think the fight, well, O'Malley's not going to say that he'll fight Cheeto because he's waiting for the Dominic Cruz fight. If the Dominic Cruz fight falls through, he'll fight Cheeto Vera again, but it, like to me it's kind of weak sauce because it's like, I don't think that he's fighting Cheeto Vera. I don't think that you get that fight coming off a loss. No, I just think it's I think it's weak sauce on Cheeto Vera's part because oh I'll, I'm not going to give him a rematch. He doesn't deserve it. But then you get pecker slapped by 90 year old Jose Aldo. Now you want that fight <laughs> pecker slapped. Now you I want that fight it. after after you know O'Malley comes out looking really good against a tough opponent in Almeida. Um, 
it, to me, it's just kind of weak. It's like you stand your ground, keep your fucking backbone. If you're saying no, I, I got a I got a fight in that in that division that O'Malley's calling for because Aljamain's out now with the neck thing. Peter Yan and O'Malley. O'Malley's calling him out. On what Twitter. for the uh, for the interim belt that they'll probably make for that fight? They should make an interim belt. It, now you're with the interim belts. They well, first of all, I don't really give a fuck about any of the belts. But based on the way that went down, if Sterling's going to just fucking shelf the belt for up to a year after winning it that way, I understand you want to fight healthy. But you know, I'm just like I think Aljamain's probably had this neck problem for like five years, and he's probably. like, yeah, I got the belt now. I'm going to get this shit taken yeah. care of. So I'm not really mad at that. You got to understand, it's a business decision on his part, probably, right? The champion, sure. the champion makes more money as the champion in all things. So hold on to it a little bit more. Be more cringeworthy on. Yeah, on you Instagram. see that hunger leave these fighters. These guys are like, I want four fights a year, and then they get the belt, and they're like, eh, I need yeah. nine, I need to spend time with my family. Yeah. Like they made it, you know. Yep. Look, my I did it. Um, but the the Peter Yan fight would be interesting with uh, with O'Malley. I'd like to see how that would go. Yeah, because Peter Yan is just more like a straight boxer. Yeah, and O'Malley's got the length. That would be an interesting fight. I, I he's like as much as I like o- in his back as, as much as I like O'Malley. I just I have a hard time um, thinking that he would take Jan out. Jan's down on level right now. That you know he was beating the shit out of Sterling. As far as I was concerned, not beating the shit out of him, but he he was controlling that fight. He was he was getting the better of him a lot, and you know the way he was able to stuff the takedown was what was kind of hurting Aljo. Um, I don't think O'Malley would be going for the takedown too much, but Sean's really more unorthodox than Aljo is. Now, Aljo used to be extremely unorthodox. I mean, he was nuts. Now he's just go, 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 go. Let me try and get a, you know, take takedown, and it doesn't really work, and then he gassed himself out. So O'Malley's so unorthodox in his striking that it might confuse Peter Jan a little bit because Peter Jan's a good counter-striker. Kind of hard to counter strike somebody who's stepping on their left foot to your left side, and then all of a sudden he's on your right hand side, and then he's out. You, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. um, so it's it, it's it's intriguing. I do kind of agree with you. I think Peter Jan might be able to beat him, but it would be a competitive. But fight. I like where O'Malley's head is at. Yeah, you know, he's trying to to jump in there. And but I think the Dominic Cruz fight's going to happen. For hope, hopefully for Cruz's sake, it doesn't because I think he'll get. In that well, fight. I think the fight will get signed, but then I think Cruz's yeah. feet are going to give out, and then we'll get uh, Peter Young. So, Tommy, you see what I got on my screen? I do. So, what we're going to do here is I'm going to we're going to get into what I've been waiting to talk about for two weeks since our last. Even episode. though we talked about it already, no, that's why I said for two weeks because I I wanted to talk about it last week, but then I realized you know what next week is better because the fight is in two weeks, so. With this fight coming up between Jake Paul and Ben Askren, I've everybody finds it really hard to like Jake Paul. Extremely hard. Right? I'm one of those people as well. Um, but I also choose to look at things. That surprises me, though, because usually you like shit talkers with, with nothing to back well, it up. Well, I mean, you know, Jake Paul, good on him. He's making a lot of money. He's got everybody watching what he's doing, you know. Um, I understand the whole... You know who else has everybody watching what they're doing? 40-year-old moms on OnlyFans making like $50,000 a month showing their cooter. He's not doing anything that fucking special. He's really not. I'm sorry. That was funny. All right, but, you know, 
I give him credit in the sense that he's put himself in his position, whether it's been through training or talking or opening up Pokemon cards on Vine, whatever he's done. I'm not sure if that's him or his brother, but whatever these guys have done, they've managed to put themselves in a position where they're being taken seriously by at least half of the combat sports community when it comes to the Ben Askren fight, right? Casuals. Look, I agree that most of them are casuals, but some of them are not. Some of them are like MMA fighters. Some of them are pro boxers. You name it. There's guys out there that really give Jake Paul a chance in this fight. I've watched extensive amounts of sparring footage on Ben Askren, and there's not much sparring footage on Jake Paul where he doesn't look really good, which is a problem for me. Because nobody just dominates sparring like that, and he's sparring tomato cans and putting it out there. So... I, I question his ability to stand in the pocket, but I've been searching the internet the past couple of days to look up for videos on reasons to like Jake Paul, reasons to maybe give him a chance in this fight. I definitely don't like him. I definitely still don't give him a chance, but I finally found an interview where this guy's talking to him about what he feels about the MMA fighters talking like he has no chance in this fight. And this mm-hmm. is his response. I'm going to get your opinion on it when we're done. I think it's hilarious. I think... Again, I have the ace on my sleeve, and these guys don't know what I'm capable of. They don't know how hard I can hit. And sure, Ben <laughs> has a has a great chin. You know, he he's been hit by Robbie Lawler a couple of times. I'm watching Tommy's face as he's coming off played. of a knockout. He's coming off of a loss, and to sit here and think that this old guy Ben Askren. Has or, or for people to say that he has a better cardio than me or that I'm going to get tired is absolutely hilarious. Ben Askren. All right. I have to stop for a second. All right. We'll get back to it, but I want to stop for Do a second. Do we have to? Do yeah. we have to get back to it? Yeah. There is nothing that he is going to say right now <laughs> gonna that make... is going to make me respect anything. All right. So. Holy shit. I, now I'm, I'm kind of agreeing with you. I don't know what. Is this the video that I watched? Because that, that this just This had to me. be the video and that he's you talking watched. like this. Like when he's talking about cardio. Does he realize what eight rounds is? I don't. I don't know if he realizes that eight rounds of boxing isn't eight rounds. Yeah, of but sparring. dude, it's not even just that. It, his last fight was against a born loser. Nate Robinson was a New <laughs> no, York fucking he won the dunk Nick. contest, dude. Born loser. Born loser. Okay, who had no boxing experience whatsoever. He put his head down and came in there throwing wild punches like he was in gym class, waiting for the the, the gym minute the minute he the got hit, he realized like, oh shit, yeah. So he doesn't know what he's talking about. Ben Askren, as atrocious as his boxing is and his stand-up striking, is not good. Right, he knows well, distance. We're going we're gonna to play it again. We're going to play more. Can't work as hard as me in one practice. You know, like, I, I, my one practice is harder than his whole entire training camp. One practice? I believe he's going to be tough. But at the end of the day, this is boxing. See, this is where I am. This is kind of where I was. After I start I, like, I get his point. He can try and come in and clinch me. He, he can try and hold on, but he's going to get warned for that right off the bat. No. And you can't just hold on to people in boxing. Yes, you can. And Floyd Mayweather made a career a out of it. It's a very different sport than MMA. And anyone who understands both sports should really, truly understand that. And look, I've been sparring against MMA guys this whole entire camp leading up to this who are unorthodox, oh, yeah? who are wrestlers, who Ooh. come in and try and clinch me. It does not matter. Nothing that Ben Askren will try to do in this fight will matter for one moment. And 
And all right, I'm gonna. Oh, that's enough. That's enough. You know what we that's should enough. do? When you get your editing machine, take this video, right, and put that filter on where he becomes a clown yeah. as he's talking. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's just Snapchat. I don't need an editing I editing machine for that. Know. But. Dude, that just got me so angry just to hear him talk. Yeah, I know. I, I, I didn't have any actual plans on making anyone like Jake Paul. You know <laughs> that's impossible. I just wanted to get a rise out of Tommy. But I do agree with what he said about um, it's a different sport. So the clinch game and the distance is going to be different. So as much as Jake Paul is going to be kind of overwhelmed with the moment, and I think the adrenaline dump is going to hit him hard, I think that he's going to be a lot more nervous than he thinks for this fight. But in the in the flip side of things, I don't think Ben will go into this fight nervous. I think his cardio will be fine. I think he's a fucking tree. You know, like I don't think Jake Paul realizes like what how yeah. how like rooted to the fucking earth Ben Askren is. Ben, ben Askren has fought it, probably in his first fight a tougher person than yeah. Jake so Paul. And Ben Askren, you know what? I'm not going to speak for him because I got this loaded up too. This is Ben Askren on. Logan Paul, Jake Paul's older brother's podcast this week, and I watched this, and I, I've i never been a fan of Ben Askren, but man, oh man, am I becoming a fan of Ben Askren right now. I said it last week. I was like, I don't like Ben Askren. I always have. But listen to this right here. This is this is uh, Logan Paul asking Ben Askren, like, what happens if you do lose? Like, what you know, like, there's a chance that you lose if he is a good boxer. And then here, this is Ben Askren's response. So here, here's, here's how I think about it. If he's actually a really good boxer, right? Like I went and I was sparring with someone good. And um, what was that damn? He's a, he challenged for world title at Freddy's. Okay. It's like, I have no illusion that I'm as good as you at boxing. I am not going to beat you in a boxing match. If Jake's really, really good, I'm probably not going to beat him. Right. I but I, I think love he's probably ben, not man. really that good. That's what I think. <laughs> for real. <laughs> All right, enough of you guys. I hate the rest of them. I actually do like uh, Logan Paul. He's a, he's listening to him talk, and you know he's a down to earth guy, and he understands the um, the dynamic that's happening here. He's interviewing a guy that he's about that is about to fight his brother. Yeah, so it's a cool thing that he did that, and and I enjoyed that interview. So you should watch it too. And it's not like. Ben Askren was going nuts for this fight. Jake Paul wanted this fight. You look at the names that Jake Paul threw out there. I mean, yeah, he threw Connor's name out there, but everybody knew that that fight wasn't ever going to happen. Connor is not hurting for two million dollars because no. that's probably all that fight would generate is about two million bucks. Um, the the really weight's think, not no, even nobody, close, and fighting. Connor's not fighting these, no. these fucking bombs. No. So, of course, the other name that he threw out there was Ben Askren. Why? Because he's a grappler. He has atrocious. No, he wanted to strength. fight Dylan Dennis first. Well, I don't like to give Dylan Dennis a rub for anything. Yeah, I know. But even still, so you've challenged two guys that are nothing but grapplers. They have. He's going to challenge Mc, uh, Mackenzie Dern next <laughs> to a, to a boxing match. She'd probably fuck him up. I too. think she'd knock him out because we've seen her with knockout She's power. She's in shape. I, they got to check her. For, hey, Dana it. White was going to let Amanda Nunes fight him. Yeah. Dana White came out and said that. I will let Amanda Nunes fight him. I think Amanda Nunes would have beat him so bad. I mean, Amanda Nunes might knock out Ben Askren. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I mean, probably not, but anyway. What do you think about it? I know what you think about it. Look, it's like I said. How does it go? How does it end? What do you think? You gotta, you gotta come up with a solid prediction here. It's hard, man, because it's like 
we don't know Askren in a boxing standpoint. We don't know Askren in a stand-up standpoint, really. If you look at his entire career, it's always been based on getting inside, getting the clinch, getting him on the ground, smashing them while they're on the ground, and that's pretty much where the fight stays. Um, so he's been working with Freddie Roach, which is pretty much what he alluded to there, which is good because you look at some of the guys who worked with Freddie Roach, like GSP, he could teach you the basics because you're fighting a guy like Jake Paul who is as basic white bitch as Starbucks. Yeah, and they're talking about three years, dude. I don't want to hear three years is enough time to, to, to say you're a boxer. Fuck no. The fir- All right, so if you go to a boxing gym, now you're starting from the beginning, right? You're in front of a mirror for Yo, like the first if, year. I'm going to be completely honest, and I'm not blowing smoke, but if I stood in front of a mirror and threw punches and I sparred, I would look pretty good. You'd be like, wow, he, he could box. I can't stand in the pocket against a guy that's a boxer. No. And I understand that. I'm not, there's no illusion here. You know, I think I could throw some punches in front of a heavy bag, and, you know, I'd like to think that I could take care of myself in a fight, but I'm not fucking up Ben Askren after fucking hitting a heavy bag for three years. It's no. insane. No, what he's I don't got, care if he's been a boxer or not. He's been competing at the national level for almost 20 years now. Yeah, well, I mean, he was a champion in Bellator. He was a champion in one. No, FC. he's been he's since he was 17 years old. He's been wrestling national tournaments. Yeah, and he entered the he's an Olympic wrestler. Yeah, you know, and then you look at a guy like Jake Paul, who knows what the hell he did. But the problem is he's got a perfect build, right? He's got the length. He's got the height. He's got size behind him. The problem is he hasn't been doing this long enough to know how to utilize all that. Does he know how to sit on the outside, work the jab, even while Ben Askren is going to bum rush and, and forget all of the technical aspects of things. What happens when he hits Ben with the same shot that he hit Nate with and Ben fucking just plugs right through it and just keeps plugging forward. Yeah, he'll shoot his wad. You know what I mean? You know, if, it's a different animal in front of him now. This is a guy that... Is going to take that punch. I mean, anybody can get knocked out in the right shot. I don't see Ben Askren getting TKO'd or KO'd no, by this guy. No, it, look, and if, you know, a lot of people are wondering what I'm talking about, sitting on the outside and things like that. Watch uh, a Vitaly Klitschko fight. Um, or don't because they're so boring. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Lewis. Lennox, Lennox Lewis? Lennox Lewis. That's my favorite boxer of all time, so he, I won't talk shit on him. He was but. another one. Sit on the outside. Utilize the jab. Or, like, look at Adesanya, the, even MMA guys. Yeah. Because it's, you know, I mean, give you a better understanding. Guys that just use the outside. If you don't, how about this? If you're listening to this podcast and you don't know what use the outside means, actually keep listening. We, we, yeah. We want yeah. To. I'm, I'm yeah. going to get into explaining it. So, the jab is probably one of the most important punches or strike, you know, wherever you want to call it in combat sports because there's so much that could be set up behind that jab. So you could throw the jab and then come with a straight right. You could throw the jab and then throw a low kick. Bro, and you, you could throw the jab to, to measure distance. You watch the Stipe and Ganu thing. He threw a double jab just to close distance, and then he changed the level, threw a jab to the body, and then the overhand came. You know, So the jab sets everything up, even at the highest of level. And you could do damage with it. Look at the GSP versus uh, Josh Koscheck fight. GSP... Jabbed Josh Koscheck so much it broke Koscheck's orbital bone. Yeah, you know so, what I mean. So that's you, basically you what damage. we're saying. What, what you're saying is that Jake Paul's only chance is to is to play the outside and jab, 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 but be so 
conditioned that he's able to keep that up over eight rounds and win a decision. Yeah, because, right? you know, it, look at it this way. If he's, he's setting up on the outside, right, and he's throwing the jab, throwing the jab, throwing the jab, he's going to be far enough away that if he's got the skill and the timing, if Ben's trying to dip in and come on the inside, he could hit him with an uppercut. He could hit him with a cross. Yeah, I worry about I don't ben, think he's Ben's got head that. movement, but I also know that Ben could take a good shot, and especially with boxing gloves, I don't. I just can't see Ben getting put down. And I, I really do think that the harder puncher is Ben Askren. I don't care about hitting so. a bag. I think that there's certain things that Ben is bringing to the table with strength that that you can't get in – Three years. You can't even get in five years. Ben has been doing this for a lifetime, and that's what I'm trying to get at. Like, you ever been grabbed by a fucking, like, a, a big, big heavyweight jiu-jitsu guy, and then it's just like, you just know, like... You're smothered. You're yeah, done. Like, You're not going anywhere. Ben's got the different kind of strength. I've never, obviously, felt it, but I know I've, I've wrestled with guys, or I've rolled with guys, and when you get, they get their hands on you, it's done. There's just nothing you could do. Well, yeah, and I mean, the, his conditioning also means he's going to be able to take punishment now. A flying knee to the head, I don't care you know, who you are. Frankie Edgar's got the best conditioning in MMA, and a flying knee took him out. So, um, yeah. So he could. Ben Askren can take the punching onslaught from Jake Paul. But can Jake Paul take an uppercut shot to that Jay Leno esque jaw that he's got? <laughs> Because no, I don't, I think that's what it's going to be. Because I you think listen, he was starting to slow down in that Nate Robinson right, fight. So we're running out of time. So obviously, I've been trying to get a prediction out of you for the last ten minutes. So before we leave, Tommy, I need a, a method. I need a round. Let's give the people something here to bet on. Let's give them. Let's give them a bone. What does Tommy D think about the uh, outcome of this fight? I think. Ben Askren wins by decision. Um, I was going to say what round, but that means decision. I think Ben's TKO in him. I think that Logan Paul. You might or, be right. I just I think don't wanna, Jake Paul. I'll is, hedge my bet. Is going to come out understanding that he's he almost has to knock him out, or is going to try and come out and and I just don't see him being patient. And I don't know if even if he is patient, I think that with the first round the adrenaline dump is going to hit, and I just think that he's never experienced the adrenaline dump like he's going to experience in a real fight, and the nerves are going to get to him. And I don't think he's anticipating how much that matters in a cardio aspect in a fight. Actually, I changed my my prediction. Ben Askren, liver punch. Body shot, right? Yep. I'm thinking pitter-patter, pitter-patter, uppercut, sneaky uppercut, and it puts him down. I'm thinking the uppercut. Ben's got a really good sneaky uppercut. I've watched a lot of the sparring, and I'm telling you that's what they're working on. He's just bowing forward, getting him into a corner, using useless punches up top, Right? One body shot, one uppercut. That combination is very simple, but Jake Paul's only been boxing three years. It's it's gonna put him down. I hope so. Me too. I want this to kind of go away. Well anyway, like I said, we're out of time. It's been I've had a, a great time doing this. Yeah, this was fun. You know? We're getting we're starting to find our stride. We're gonna start to um hopefully get a little bit better on the production side of things and add a little bit more clips and Soon we want to start getting some video out there, and things are on the up and up. We got some editors on board now, so we're still trying to build our social media presence. But in the meantime, you go out, go check out the Chop Sports Network on Instagram. You go check out Chop Sports on Facebook. We got a lineup of shows um, running real deep right now. We're up to nine shows on 
Sunday night, the Chop Sports Podcast. Monday night, uh, Jimmy Palumbo Show. Tuesday night, Pretender to Contender, Joe Matarese. Wednesday night, we got Painting the Black with my boy Evan Daniel. It's a Yankees baseball podcast. You guys should check that out. We're going to drop ours tomorrow, Thursday night. Chop Sometime MMA. Fridays are... Um, are up in the air. Also, actually, Thursday, I got the Let's Be Friends with Joe Matarese. So that's uh, a new podcast of mine. I know I'm the podcast guy now. So look out for that. Um, some new things coming up, possibly with the Jets, Mets. Um, but yeah, man, it's a lot of things on the way. We're going to keep putting out the content. Hopefully the YouTube starts picking up. But Tommy, you got anything for us? You want to plug um, the fight book scene? Yeah, well, uh, Thursday night. Considering that, you know, our show will drop sometimes Thursday, most likely Friday, because Chris just considers this the B show. But uh, Chris is really busy, Tommy. Yeah, well. You know, uh, I could teach you how to edit and you could come do I it. Want, I want the same fucking treatment that you give everybody else. Or I will walk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, uh, thir- <laughs> no, Tommy did drop off these nice gloves last week. That's that's a great gift. Tommy brought a nice gift over to the studio. We got yeah, those. the fuck are they? The, um, they're in the other room. They're in the we have this. The, they're in the office, Tommy. They're in the oh, office, okay. all right. But anyway, so yeah, Thursday night, uh, sitting ringside. Uh, you will see that live on Fightbook YouTube, um, you know, or through the Fightbook webpage. Uh, if you're friends with uh, Roberto on Facebook, you know, you, you get it live pretty much everywhere. Spotify uh, Monday nights, Pride Rules MMA. Chris's old show before he decided to run out and own his own. Uh, I was I was wondering. I Podcasting actually had a conversation network. with Dave today. It's like, how much do you think it would it would charge me to buy my old name back? The the, the, the Pride Rules MMA would podcast. never happen. Never <laughs> gonna happen. But anyway, we're out of time. Had a fucking blast. We're gonna close you out with that Wu Tang Bong Bong. Here we go. Tommy just can't take it. He wants to do the, the. I'll let you have your moment.